From the New South Wales Aboriginal Land Council, this is the A Cupper and a Yarn podcast. Hello and welcome to A Cuppa and a Yarn. I'm Michelle Alexandrovics Lovegrove. And uh, as Australia continues to wind its way through the, the start of the COVID-19 uh, pandemic in this country, uh, we're speaking with uh, CEOs of local Aboriginal land councils to see how they're going, how their communities are going. So I'm speaking today uh, with Mike Nolan, who's the CEO of Wellington Local Aboriginal Land Council. Mike, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thank you and hello to everybody. First of all, for um, some people who may be listening, because this does go out on all major podcasting services, can you tell us just a, a little bit uh, about your community and your Lauk? Uh, Wellington's in central west New South Wales, about uh, 50 kilometres east of Dubbo, a, a small town, a population of around 9,000 people. So, um, yeah, the Aboriginal population here, according to... Uh, ABS is around 1,900, um, although we believe that it's it's definitely higher than that. So yeah, I know that we received notification uh, of the Lauk office closing as such, you know, to assist with uh, social distancing, etc. And uh, you're working from home at the moment, is that right? Yes, that's correct. we actually a couple of weeks ago we were. Um, put into self-isolation because we came in contact with, or well, we were out of premises where somebody tested positive a few days before. Mm. So, yeah, we were in self-isolation for a couple of weeks and now we're actually working from home and, and the office remains closed and, and yeah, until we see what's going on. Mm. What happens with that? If you, you were in contact with someone who uh, tested positive for the virus, uh, w- were you tested or what happens with that? Well, luckily, I didn't have direct contact with them, but I had contact with workers who did. So um, they closed the site down, sent the workers home. Um, they notified us, but the, the workers themselves were, were tested. So we basically just stayed in isolation and, until their tests came back. And as a result, the, the, the tests came back negative. So we were given the, the green light. Oh, that's fantastic. That's really fantastic. And especially, I guess, with, with a community like Wellington, uh, you're not, you know, awfully far, but you're far enough from any sort of major centre um, if the virus does enter the community. So how is the situation going? How, how's community feeling right now? Look, I, I think, you know, there's a bit of uncertainty, but overall, uh, you know, things are just going along and people are you know, feeling okay. As I said, we're about 50 kilometres from Dubbo and, and a little bit further, the other closest major town is Orange. Mm. So the, the, there are cases in the in our region, over 20 I believe now, uh, and three confirmed cases in Dubbo, but none in Wellington at this stage. So until we actually know somebody that's been affected or, or we get a somebody testing positive in, in Wellington. It's kind of a little bit surreal at the moment and um, obviously we're all sitting back and watching the news and uh, it just seems like a different world out there. It sure does. With uh, Wellington Aboriginal community, um, what is the situation, for example, with um, a bit of education, I guess, from about hand washing, 
about social distancing. Are you confident that everyone's pretty well across that? Yeah, I think so, although I do still see some of the, the younger kids out on the streets and um, whether that message is getting through to them. But certainly a lot of, as, as you know, it's all over the news and it's on social media. We put it up on our site, uh, the local medical service put it up. You know, I, I think people people know about it. Um, but yeah, like I said, as everybody else, we've just closed down the the swimming pool, um, and Wellington, you know, one of our social outings is to the local club and, and the pubs, and they've been shut now for a few days. I think people are starting to feel that. Um, but yeah, look, I, I think people know what to do, but um, like I said, I, I think it's having a little bit of trouble filtering right down to the to the younger kids. And I think that is uh, an issue. I mean, I, I have a couple of teenagers here and they're, they're well aware of what's happening. But I, I do note that on a day-to-day -day basis, when things crop up, you know, the other day one said to me, oh, you know, uh, a girlfriend wants to come and come and see me. Can, you know, she come in? And I just said, love, I'm so sorry, she can't. You know, she can't. She understood why. But so I guess your advice to parents in the community about... Um, you know, making sure that kids know, but perhaps they'll they'll need to be reminded on a case by case basis. Do you think that's the way I, I'm finding as a parent? That's the way I need to go. Yeah, definitely. It's, you know, it's, it's at the end of the day, it's still the responsibility of the parents to to make sure that the kids are doing the, the right thing. And it's, it is hard for everyone, but we, we just need to crack down on that a little bit more. You're saying you uh, are working with the local medical services uh, or the local medical service. Um, does community sort of have have the, the right sort of information about how to sort of stay quiet, stay safe right now, do you think? Yeah, I, I, I believe so, you know. It's, um, as, as you said, we're a small community and we work with other providers in the town as well and try and get the, the word out, but um, yeah, no, I, I think we're, we're doing okay. Yeah, oh, well that's great. As far as the LALT goes though, you're working from home, I mean you did say to me the other day that there, there's not too far for you to go to the office anyway, but in terms of uh, community reaching you, they can, how can they do that? Yeah, well I, I have, we've put notice up on um, on our front door, and we have asked people to contact us either via email or phone, mm. and they have those numbers. But we've also gone the additional you know, extra and then said, look, please, you know, only do it that way and don't come knocking on our, on our door because everybody knows where we live in a in a small town, and um, people, you know, I still think that they can do that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Being in a small town, you know, you're 50-odd kilometres from Dubbo, though, are you still sort of seeing that there there might be, because, uh, you know, Australia's not in lockdown, but we may well be heading for that, that there's a lot of uh, sort of transiting, you know, from Dubbo, Wellington, other towns, back again, Orange. Is, is that still happening? I think it's slowed down a little bit now. Um, one of our issues, like everybody else, is, is getting basic things like sugar and flour and toilet paper. Uh, so I, I do know that people have been going across to Orange and Dubbo to, to get those resources. Now, I, 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 up until now, 
um, tried to drop into the supermarket a couple of times a day to, you know, get hold of those things, but they just can't seem to... I don't know if we're not getting them or they're just not staying on the shelves long enough. Mm. How many do you just have? You have one little supermarket in town? No, we, we've got a Coles and Woolies, so... Oh, that's good. Yeah, no, they're, they're quite quite large supermarkets, um, but shelves are bare at both, so... I, I agree. I have a, a Woolworths down the road from me and uh, it's not, a, to be honest, it's not a nice place to be at the moment. Um, it, it's always crowded and it's always quite stressful going in there. But I've found that no matter what time of day I go in there, and hours are restricted now, um, you know, th- there's never toilet paper. There's never, t- there's, so same as you. I don't know whether they're not getting them um, or I'm just always appearing after the shelves yeah. have been cleaned out? I actually rang head office in Woolies this morning to see if it was possible to do some sort of bulk purchasing from the land council so I could hand stuff out to community mm. members. And they've just, well, they told me this morning they've just cancelled all, all bulk buying across the board. So um, anyway, that's, that's what I got from them this morning. Wow. So, so even for an organisation such as yourself, there's there's no exceptions. No, no exceptions at all. Yeah. And I, I even I, I tried the local stores to say, you know, can if if I were to put say packages to or hampers together, you know, could we waiver the restrictions on you know like long life milk and those sorts of things? And and they said no. You need to talk to head office. And mm-hmm. yeah, I'm still getting a, a no to that. You're listening to a cuppa and a yarn. I'm speaking with Mike Nolan, who's the CEO of Wellington Local Aboriginal Land Council, which is a, a, a Wellington's a small community about 50 kilometres uh, from Dubbo in New South Wales about um, about what's happening in community uh, regarding COVID-19 uh, there at the moment. Mike, given your distance from Dubbo or, or Orange or any other major centre, what are your options if anyone is diagnosed in community? But look, that, that, that is a, a, a concern um, and we're not quite sure how we're, we're going to handle it. One of our biggest issues is if one person is tested positive, how, how do you isolate that person? Yeah. So we've been counting beds in the, in the town as far as motels and hotels and um, seeing what's available and what other options there are. And certainly given some of the houses or the, or the homes are crowded, um, it's certainly going to be an issue. Um, yeah, look, I, I, I don't know. We're just going to have to wait and see and obviously you know, keep the conversation going with the medical service and also the hospital and, and see how we actually handle that. So do you, I, I apologise that I don't know this and I should. Um, is is there's not a hospital in Wellington, is there? Is there? A what, sorry? A hospital. Yes, yes, we do have a hospital. Okay. All right, that's that's good. But clearly, you know, there'd be very limited uh, options there, I guess, as far as... Yeah. Uh, mm. Yeah, staffing levels are low. And I'm not quite sure how many beds they are. Mm. Uh, one of our other issues is we, the Land Council managed the Nanima mission so it's an old mission, um, probably about eight kilometres outside of town. Mm-hmm. So we've, we've got about 32 homes out there and, and families living in a 
you know, in an enclosed environment. And, um, obviously, that needs to be thought about a little bit differently to to people living in town as well. You know, I'm getting the feeling that there are some people wanting to come home as well at this time mm. and, and come into those communities. So how, how we we manage that? I had a phone call this morning from our zone team asking, you know, do, do we think it's that the community would um, agree to isolating them in terms of a shutdown, I suppose, uh, uh, around that little village. Mm. I, I don't think we're quite there yet. Mm. And I, I think that most people that, are, that that would want to go down that line are probably already self-isolating and, and doing what they can. But, yeah, certainly, you know, it's, it, it's, a, it's an issue. Even down to little things like we've previously... Identifying each of the homes. So, if you rang up for an ambulance, for example, none of the homes were numbered. So, we we've been in touch with emergency services, and I've provided them with a, an actual map mm-hmm. of, of of the numbering system out there because it's a, it's not an ordinary numbering system. Mm. So, and, we've, and we've put numbers now on the on the gutters, and we're just in the process of putting up letterboxes, there were no, no mailboxes previously, and we're putting up mailboxes with numbers on them, which will help identify, plus also help us um, share information easier than, than what we're doing at the moment. Yeah, yeah. In terms of, I guess, telecommunication to uh, Nanima, I mean, I'd imagine, are, are there many landlines out there? I'd imagine probably not, eh? That, that is an issue. Even um, there are a couple of landlines. There's no public phone box. There used to be, but there's, there's not anymore. And service for mobiles is limited as well. There's a couple of only a couple of spots where where you can get that. And like I said, even if we did want to so-called lock people down, how do you get supplies to them? Mm. Even myself as a CEO, I. I can't go in and bulk buy in the local supermarket and, and deliver things. And they've stopped online ordering here in Wellington, which is really weird. Mm. Um, don't know why they've done that, but, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's going, going to be difficult. One of, one of the other issues that we have here is we only have one taxi service and actually one physical taxi and two drivers. And although they're still going at the moment, They've limited their hours, and you know, uh, certainly uh, some of our community rely on that taxi service to to get to and from uh, not only the doctors, but also to the supermarket. So um, hopefully they'll we'll keep operating a little bit longer. I guess right now, because there is so much uncertainty, so much is up in the air. Staying safe has clearly got to be the priority. What is it that you need? What do you want? I know we've we've talked about this over the last 15 minutes or so to make that path a little bit easier for you and your community. At the moment, you know, I think we're certainly getting enough information. We're Mm. we're, we're trying to identify families at the moment and individuals and elders that may need extra assistance. Mm. But I, I do see transport as, as being something we need, we need to keep an eye on. And just getting hold of those basic supplies is, is obviously the, the biggest concern at the moment. And I think people have, have got a little bit now, but 
if we do go into a lockdown situation, I don't know how long that's that's going to last. Yeah, I, I don't know. We'll we just have to see see where things are, are heading, Michelle, and everything's sort of uncertain at the moment. And um, like I said, we're, we're just making contact and keeping communication lines open with all the service providers in the town and trying as, as much as we can to work together. So. I guess to finish off, though, you know, I've spoken with a few CEOs from Lauks this week. One actually this morning who was, you know, um, I, I could say sort of distressed. He was so overwhelmed by what needs to be done and, and working by himself. So how are you holding up? Yeah, look, I'm good. And um, unfortunately, I've, I've had to put off two casual staff. So my 2IC, so to speak, she she's helping me as well. And we're, we're still on top of, we've still got 30-odd homes to, to manage and there are still issues around getting tradesmen and, you know, keeping up that day-to-day stuff. But look, we're, we're holding up. I do feel a little bit like, what more can I do? You know, and every day I'm thinking about, you know, how I can improve the, the service to our members, you know, in, in the current environment. And it's, our heads are up and we're, we're battling on. You can do Nayaniya Baraya, Nayaniya Mananiya, Mananiya, Mananiya.